Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The bedroom sessions. Yeah. Round number 18,000. And we have no sheets on our bed right now. I stripped the bed to wash the sheets and didn't get time to remake the bed before recording. So yeah. I'm actually sitting on my bed with no sheets I or I feel weird cases. about that. I'm not going to yeah, lie. It's a little weird. Yeah. What can you do? Keep the blue light away. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I don't know. I just... <laughs> Who invited this guy? Yeah, well. Hey everyone, it's Amanda and we are doing a fun episode tonight. We've got two other podcasters on the phone with us tonight. We've got Suru from Love Yourselves and Krista Dix from the Radical RMT. You even said love yourselves the way she does on Did I? her intro, I feel. Oh, yeah. I do listen. What, what? I do listen. Actually, your top 10 list was one of my faves still. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so tonight we're doing um, something kind of fun. It's an untold stories from four podcasters here. We talk to a lot of therapists and they tell us stories off mic or maybe they send us messages after we record stuff. And uh, we did get permission to use these stories, most of them. And uh, yeah, we just want to share some fun, some of it jaw dropping, some super positive, some just plain fucking weird shit that we hear from other therapists. So it's kind of like an unprofessional hour. It's very much like an unprofessional hour. All right. So where do we start? You take it away, boss. Well, let's get these guys to introduce themselves, tell tell everyone about their podcast, where they can find their podcast, and then we can uh, hear some of these crazy stories you got going on. Who wants to go first? Arm wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we go in alphabetical order? I'm such a loser, but that would mean Krista's first. <laughs> okay. Unbelievable. So um, my name is Krista Dix. I have the Radical RMT podcast. I'm very happy to be here with you guys. Um, longtime listener. Uh, so I'm, uh, it's, it's going to be really great. And I'm really excited to be here with Sue as well. Um, the podcast uh, can be found on basically every platform. And it is basically just the podcast that um, talks to massage therapists about what we do outside of massage therapy, and what makes the profession uh, so amazing, giving us the freedom, flexibility and income potential to pursue other awesome things. Right on. Before we get into Sue, I just got to ask both you guys a question. Have you ever asked someone to come on your podcast and they've turned you down? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hold that because I want to know exactly what's going on there. And then uh, a three-year-old just walked in again. Look at this. And Amanda, <laughs> run out. These little fuckers, eh? Unbelievable. They better take care of me when I'm old. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name is Suru. I have the podcast called Love Yourselves, and I just sort of started it on a whim because I was really tired of talking to myself in the mirror in the bathroom, and <laughs> um, my podcast has RMTs and other sort of healers, um, and just my clients, actually, um, and friends talking about body stories that you know, aren't often talked about um, and just a platform for us to kind of learn our bodies a little bit differently and explore different modalities all at the same time. Very cool. So we all do the same thing, but very differently. And uh, mm. I think that's going to make for a very interesting episode tonight because we will probably all have very different types of stories. So um, I guess we should just kind of jump right into it. I'll tell you guys the motivation for this episode. Okay, sorry, Mark looks like he wants to say no, something. No, no, go, go. no, really? The one time I thought you were going to say something? Yeah, no, one okay. happens once. Mark it on your calendars. It's rare. <laughs> so the inspiration to record this episode came because um, we have, I have a friend that I went to massage school with and anyone who's listened to other episodes that we've done, I've talked about the fact that I didn't have a lot of friends in massage school. I was heavily hated. But this one therapist actually really, um, her and I really got along. So she's one that I've kept in touch with. And 
she uh, has worked at the same clinic since she graduated with me. So she's been at the same place for nine years. And when all of this COVID-19 stuff started, so mid-March... Um, you know what, you guys, if you're if you're in the RMTAO Facebook group, you've probably seen, you've this, seen this story. You've seen this story. Yeah. So basically, when all of this started, and we weren't mandated to close yet, it was sort of up to the therapist. You know, when the very, mm-hmm. um, the very vague email came out saying, uh, no non-essential massage therapy treatments and every massage therapist went what the fuck is an essential massage therapy treatment well Mm -hmm. she decided I'm just going to stop working. So uh, she has been working at the same place, as I said, for nine years. And uh, the clinic is owned by a chiropractor. So she told the chiropractor, I'm going to reschedule all of my clients for the rest of March into April, because this was way back when we all thought we'd be back at work in April. (laughs) Jokes Mm -hmm. on us. So she had rescheduled all of her people, contacted them herself. And after that happened, she found out the chiropractor actually brought in another RMT, to take her clients and continue working mm-hmm. behind her back and blocked her access to the online booking so she couldn't see who this other RMT was treating. And Whoa. she, anyway, we saw her post in the RMTAO group. I reached out to her and said, what the fuck? Are you okay? Like, I'm so sorry. That's insane. And I tried to get her to come on an episode and talk about it, but she's very shy and didn't want to. But she said, if you want to talk about it, feel free. And, uh, that's kind of what inspired this whole thing is we have a lot of these stories. That was just one of them. Really felt bad for her because she's like the sweetest person. As I said, literally like everybody I went to massage school hated me and she was the only person that was nice to me. So she's like the sweetest person in the world. And I just can't believe somebody would. I mean, the chiropractor that owned the clinic that she worked at uh, apparently isn't very good with her money and couldn't afford to close and really just wanted to make every last dollar she could. But it was really slimy. Wow. Yeah, it's usually money driven, right? Yeah, in that sense. So yeah, you guys, uh, you guys are in the RMTAO group. You saw that story, right? Yeah, I didn't see that story in particular, but uh, but wow. Yeah, and like I said, sort of off mic, she's such a nice person, and I just felt so bad for her because she was trying to make the right decision and do the right thing, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, so I don't think she'll be going back to that clinic when we are allowed to go back to work again. No, I wouldn't. I don't think she should go back there. No, absolutely not. You know what sucks too? The guy who owned the clinic before, when she first started working there, he's a chiropractor. He used to teach at CCMH. He 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 passed. He was the nicest fucking guy. Yeah, she and loved I could him. Never imagine him running a clinic the way she describes the current clinic owner. Yeah, the people change, right? Like over time, and then like money is obviously the driving factor with this situation, right? Yeah. And I understand a lot of people were initially acting out of fear. You know, they wanted, I mean, the toilet paper hoarding and we bring it up every episode, but it's all out of fear, right? You don't know what to do. You have to do something. And so this chiropractor, I guess, thought if I can get as many uh, massage clients in as possible before we might actually have to close our doors, then I can make a little bit of extra money. I mean, we're also assuming though, that's what he did. Maybe it was like, hey, I just need someone to call for quote unquote essential services. And then this person is available. Like, you know, don't really know. Yeah. And well, the thing is, we won't ever know because as I said, she blocked uh, the original therapist's access to the online booking. So she couldn't even see which of her clients were being rebooked with this new RMT. Shady. My question is, though, like, I know for my practice, my clients wouldn't see anyone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know, really. Yeah, we don't know. But she was the inspiration to talk about some of these off mic stories that we heard that weren't necessarily a full episode, but 
interesting enough that we wanted to get them out there. So I'm going to stop talking now. Uh, do either of you two want to jump in with something that has either happened off mic or maybe something somebody told you and you wish they had said it on an episode? Can we go to the very first question that I asked you guys, which was, have you ever tried to get a guest on your podcast and you got turned down? And then why did they turn you down? And why did you really want them? Yeah, um, I'll go first on that one and it's not that they've turned me down like in in the sense of like no i don't want to be on your podcast it's more like i'm not ready to be on a podcast so i have about i would say six or seven rmts right now that i have reached out to that i'm like okay we have this time now guys can we schedule a recording Mm -hmm. and they're just not ready to either Maybe they're afraid to speak on a podcast. Yeah. And do you feel like you don't want to sell them? Because we've had that experience happen multiple times where we have somebody that we really want to get on and they have an interesting story and we know that we would have a good conversation with them. And then they say something like either I'm shy or I'm not ready or I need to think about it. And some of the stuff they're saying, I'm like, once you actually come and do it, like, you're not going to feel this way. But I also don't want to sell them on it, you know? And then it's it's like their fear, right? And you can't like force someone to do it. Yeah. I just I always think like, okay, they'll come around or, you know, um, some of them have already been like, okay, I'm ready. And they've they've come on. But um, no one's actually like turned me down, which... I feel good about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not yet. I mean, I'm still new. Better than me. I get turned down all the fucking time. You do? No way. <laughs> when I go for big, when I go for some big ones. So, for example, I've reached out. Right. I've reached out to people at the CMTO. So there was someone that I would always deal with all the time because you know what? Everyone's like, everyone's always saying like, you can never get in touch with someone at the CMTO. You can never get in touch. And I just ended up dealing with this one person through something that went on. So they, there was a therapist that, you know, through his um, through his peer assessment, he was told that he needs he needs to have a mentor. And so this dude called me up and says, can you be my mentor? I'm like, who are you, dude? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, I need a mentor to, to keep my license. So I'm like, can I call the college and with your information and ask them exactly what they're looking for? So I was dealing with this one person. By the way, this guy, you know what the mentor's role for him was? Yeah, you I had know. to go to his clinic. <laughs> every Monday to make sure it was clean and if it wasn't clean he wasn't allowed to open I'm like fuck how long does this have to happen for they wanted that for one year so that's voluntary work that a mentor would have to do I was like I don't know this guy so even if I did know him forget it so anyway so I would always deal with this one person so I'd always call her at her extension so I asked her when we first started doing the podcast I'm like hey would you like to come on and do the podcast and she's like you know what I I, I gotta get back to you because they got their PR people and she sends me this nice email saying you know what sorry I can't do it cool then I reached out you know months later to some not months later actually just very recently to someone else at the CMTO at a different level and same same idea she was like I really enjoy your podcast but you know that's not something I can do so they turned us down um, the new director of the RMTAO, he hasn't gotten back to me. He talks to me on LinkedIn about nothing, but when but I ask him about this, <laughs> it's like radio silence. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Um, Eric Dalton is a funny one. If Are you guys familiar with Eric Dalton? He's, yep. Yeah. Eric Dalton didn't say no. He no, just, he just Eric, ghosted us. He just stopped it's responding. Not, it's not that he ghosted <laughs> us. So I, I connected with him on LinkedIn and I was like, hey, you know, we got this little podcast here called Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone, blah, 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 blah. And so... You know, I got this message back maybe a couple days later saying, um, you know, what? give us some time. We'll take a look at this and then we'll get back to you to, to see if that's something that I want to do. And so a couple of days goes by. He's like, OK, this is great. Uh, let's set something up. 
And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like this guy. He's all over the place. Everyone knows who he is. And then I message him. So like, oh, when are you looking to do time? He's like, oh, yeah, you know what? I've changed my mind. I was like, what? No, but then didn't he just recently then he sent us sent a message, a message saying Facebook. like, oh, like our conversation just went dead. You know what? <laughs> because he's he's got he's got social media people. I wasn't yeah, talking to him. so we're not him. even talking to him. <laughs> I was right. talking to his social media person. What about you, Krista? You've ever been rejected? It sounds so, so harsh I, when I say that. Yeah, like, I've definitely, like, like I've invited people that I thought for sure would be in. Like, I went to massage school with with some of these people. Um, they are doing incredible things right now. And some of them are not massage therapists anymore, but they've completely transitioned to, you know, in a in new incredible career so that I'm really pr- proud of them for. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, they're just, um, it's, it's like, it is... Um, the reply is more like I'm just too busy or it's not for me kind of thing. And and you're right. You don't want to try and sell them on like why, like actually you're perfect for the podcast, even though you're not a massage therapist anymore yeah. or, um, but yeah, there, there's been that or they've just gotten no reply. Like I'm pretty <laughs> sure, you know, I had the right contact information and, you know, I, I, but yeah, just no, no reply at all, which I can only assume is a no if it, if it did make it to them. But um, yeah, like I think in the beginning though, um, I was always going for the, like the close, like my, with arms reach, you know, for, for me, for who I could get in touch with. And now I'm starting to get a little bit, um, more, more brave about who I'm asking on the podcast. Nice. I yeah. Cause I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They ghost you or they say no. Or their oh, yeah, people exactly. say no. <laughs> or their people. Yeah. Yeah. I reached out to somebody because, um, when we were looking to buy some, extra equipment. Mark found a woman on, I don't know if it was Facebook Marketplace or Kijiji or something, selling some equipment that we needed brand new in box and like half the price. So we were like, "Uh, yeah, we'll take it. So Mark went to her place in Toronto to pick it up. And when he was doing the pickup, he explained to her, like she asked, what do you need this for? As soon as I walked in, there was like a massage table in the middle of the room. I'm like, what the fuck is going on So she asked him like, what do you need this for? And so he explained to her about our podcast and what we do and she was like oh that's really interesting and so they kind of chatted and he said we would love to have you on and she was all for it and blah 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 he comes home she writes like she writes cookbooks or nutrition books or something like that and she's also a tv personality but anyway um so when he got home he said to me here's her contact send her a message like let's set this up she was really really nice really interesting so i sent her this really nice email and she responded back like basically you know have your people contact my people like, I am too big to talk to you. Have your people contact my people. And we're just like, we don't have people. We are We our are people. the people. Aww. Like, you guys had a full-blown face-to-face conversation today where you were all for it. I send you a message. You had enough in you to type back, like, okay, talk to my booking person. But anyway, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, she probably doesn't have much control of her schedule. But I just thought it was really funny. Because I'm like, you just, like, finished talking to Mark, like, half an hour ago. No? Okay. <laughs> you know what, though? To be honest with you, if, if this was completely reversed and I was just some dude doing my job somewhere and some guy that came to buy equipment from me was like, hey, man, I got a podcast. You want to be on? I would in that moment say, yeah, sure. Why not? Here's my card. Give me a call. <laughs> and then when I get the call, I'd be like, uh, nah, well, that's what nah, I mean. Nah, nah. I realized from her response, I'm like, oh, you were just playing nice. You have no intention on talking to us. Cool, cool, cool. It's fine. Hurts a little bit. Just a little bit. So should we get into some other stories? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. So who's got who's got something they want to 
to talk about an untold story? Okay, so I'll lead it off with a nice little innocent one. It's like one of my um, guests, and it was in the it was in the episode um, that we we did. It was with um, Chelsea, and she um, actually admitted that for music, she's been listening to the same CD for ten years on repeat with every <laughs> single client. That is like the that's torture. Why? Doesn't that sound like like an absolute hell? Yes. So she had she asked I asked about music. She's like, wow, I've just been listening to the same CD forever. Like on and purpose? She was when, doing that on purpose? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she said it just worked and it was background and it was great. And um and when she actually heard herself say it on on the podcast though when she listened to the episode she was like oh no now i'm getting spotify so (laughs) she has spotify now but and she's she's loving it but yeah i guess she just realized how ridiculous it was for 10 years she'd been using the same cd krista your her clients Mm. are thanking you so much right now (laughs) (laughs) your podcast changed their life <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because every time you go for a massage, you're getting the same fucking music. Yeah, oh yeah. I would lose my mind as the therapist. I don't. I don't think I could do that. Mm. Every single treatment for ten years, the same music. I think I would go crazy. I think it might depend on how long your days are. Well, yeah. So I worked at Old Navy when I was seventeen, and there was it, basically we'd have like one CD a month. I think that we would listen to on repeat. And there was a point, probably close to Christmas, where I was working like eight hour days. And I was working like every day and late nights and closing and opening. And all I remember is coming home one night and saying to my mother, if I have to listen to Karma Chameleon one more time, I'm going to rip (laughs) my fucking ears off. Like I was so annoyed. (laughs) That's really strange. Like how old, what year were you 17? What year was I 17? Like why why are they playing like Culture Club? Like that's weird. Um, I don't know. It's Old Navy. It was eclectic. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I'm not doing the math. What year was I? 17? I don't know, man. I, I don't do math. I got a fucking <laughs> podcast. Sue, what about you? What do you got? Any juicy stories, untold stories behind the mic? Um, Yeah, I have one that was mentioned in my episode 21 with Sarah Kleiner. She's a Reiki practitioner. And like she wrote the book called Soul Nudge. And we were in the same like coaching group um, about four years ago. And... <laughs> We only mentioned the sweat lodge in in brief in our episode, but I wish that we had really actually like told the story because so I'm going to tell the story. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, if you don't know what a sweat lodge is, it's like so intense. You're in this like enclosed area, butt naked, and we were in the middle of the jungle in Mexico. Wait, are you in this and sweat lodge butt naked with like a whole bunch of people or is it just I you imagine. and your friend? Yep, yep. And Sarah's beside me and I'm with seven other women in the coaching <laughs> the coaching program I did. She would take us on retreats and that this is like a huge long story, so I will just sum it up. You don't have to. You can you can you can roll with it. <laughs> I can just dive in. Okay. I'm at the edge of my seat. Um, so we we would go to retreats. So it was like two years ago in May, we were in Tulum. And so our coach, who's on my episode 17, Steph Gold, she like changed my life. And she would always make us do things that would make us uncomfortable. So the sweat lodge was one of them. Another one was she blindfolded us and made us jump like 20 feet from a platform into a cenote in the middle of the Mexican jungle. We should see Mark's face right now, Back Sue. To the sweat lodge. <laughs> I know. I have like the best life. So. <laughs> So, uh, we're in this sweat lodge and 
Um, it really is just this teepee. We're sitting on, you know, those like big palm leaves. Yeah. So <laughs> we're sitting like we're all naked sitting on these palm leaves. Wait, and wait, 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 wait. So you're sitting on the ground on palm leaves? Yeah. In a teepee. In a teepee. So like when are like you guys, is it like, is it like a cross-legged sit? Is it legs stretched yep. out, feet together? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're like cross-legged okay. or some, because it was really close quarters. We were like kind of like bent knees. Right, right, um, right. Whatever was comfortable, okay, right? Okay, sorry. Do you bring your own palm leaf? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we got to choose. There was okay. a lot of them. Um, and the leader of the sweat lodge, her name was Margarita, of course. And <laughs> no joke. <sighs> we're, we're in the sweat lodge and it probably was like, I'd say 45 minutes. So it starts and there's like this massive fire in the middle and you're just getting like so hot and sweaty and it's so dark and you're like with your body and you're just like, what the heck's happening? What is supposed to be happening? You're just supposed to be like cleansing, like you're sweating. So actually just sweating. Like, is there anything spiritual to this or is it just let's go sit on some leaves and sweat? Um, Yeah, there's like chanting. I feel like it's more like meditative. Okay. And for me, it was like, it was very like internal so you know i'm like fighting with my emotions like get me the fuck out of here and then i'm like okay i'm okay with this and like you know you just go through these ways what were you uncomfortable about were you uncomfortable with just the overall setting were you uncomfortable with the temperature were you uncomfortable being around seven other naked people all cross-legged sitting on leaves like what was the uncomfortable part no i was uncomfortable with the temperature and like wanting to run the fuck out of there um all of the women that were in there with me are like really close to me so that was not an issue at all yeah so like half so halfway through um she opens up the she opens up the flap to go out and get more like herbs so there's like a lot of herbs that are you know like the sage burning and all of those things um and we thought it was done and then she comes back in with like more herbs and we're like okay we're still in here and all i can remember so sarah is like at this point face down into the dirt like trying to like claw her hands like outside of the teepee and I'm like trying to like keep my composure but also trying to be like are you okay Sarah and like really you know me like very like caring as to like what's happening to her anyway so 45 minutes after finally it's over and we all crawl out and we're supposed to lay on this big like bamboo mat that's like stretched out sure and again we're still like bare ass naked <laughs> so i'm laying there and i'm beside steph and all of a sudden margarita comes over to steph who's the leader and she goes sarah she's dead what the fuck <laughs> Steph's like what <laughs> i'm in charge of all of these girls like what so Sarah apparently crawled out of the TV, like went the other way than I did. Her hands, you know, when people get that like claw hands where they're like stuck because they have so much energy like stuck in yeah. their bodies that it like it's like a claw hand. And I've had that with um, panic attack clients and stuff like that. Um, anyway, she was just like in the fetal position and just like stuck on the mat and like not moving. And it was like a really scary situation. She was fine. But like, um, I wish that we had told that story on the podcast, like in full detail, like from her perspective, because 
Um, yeah. <laughs> How does she reflect on that experience? Like, does she like say no fucking way, never again? Like that was terrible. Like, what are her thoughts after that? Because that sounds horrible. She was just tapping into her healing abilities then, and so it really like now she's a Reiki master. So that sort of pushed her into knowing that she needed to um experiment with that sort of modality and helping others because like she had a lot of energy like pent up in her body that needed to really be released and it just like solidified that after that experience yeah it was like a pivotal moment for her but at the same time like just like the hearing margarita say like sarah's, sarah's dead, dead. <laughs> oh my god just, like, always be in my brain as like such an amazing moment of my life. <laughs> oh my god. Were you terrified when you heard that? Like were you like, "Oh my god, she's fucking dead." Like Yes, like cuz the mother in me, of course, and Steph's not a mom, but like Steph like shoots up from like laying there and I'm like, "Yeah, we need to like, find out what's happening." And then oh, and then Margarita was like, "No, it's ghoul." <laughs> <laughs> okay it's the good kind of death don't worry you know what's so mind-blowing about what you just said how she's a reiki master now and that experience kind of pushed her to do that work we recorded an episode last night with a woman who owns a a float clinic and she Mm -hmm. said the first time she ever experienced floating she had an absolute fucking anxiety attack lasted five minutes in the tank and like basically clawed herself out of there like your friend in the mud and uh, Mm -hmm. she said when she got out she went to the front desk and bought a membership I'm like what the fuck is wrong with you like you just (laughs) freaked out in the tank and you went and bought a membership and she said it's because I realized that I had shit to deal with obviously I needed to deal with stuff if I couldn't be isolated and be with myself for more than five minutes I was like Mm -hmm. whoa and some people like choose to explore that right and then some people will choose to like ignore it Mm -hmm. so yeah I'm the ignore guy yeah you are the ignore guy was there any like uh ayahuasca involved in this mushrooms anything like that no, no? no it just feels like that would be that type of experience as well sorry mark no <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, I'm well, sober. they both told a story. You can tell the story because you tell stories way better than I do. Oh, come but on. But we had a guest on that was talking about their first experiences as a massage therapist and looking for their very first job. Mm-hmm. And she went on to describe <laughs> this interview that she went on with, was the owner a chiropractor? I don't remember what type of therapist. <laughs> she the she was a healthcare was. professional. Yeah. Uh, you, you tell the story, though. Well, okay. So um, she went for a job interview and she was super excited because actually she hadn't she wasn't even licensed yet she had passed her exams you know she had gotten the the congratulations email from the cmto she passed her licensing exams and she was just waiting for her registration to come in so in the meantime she was going on job interviews and a lot of clinics look for brand new rmts um especially right now well i mean not right now right now but you know months ago before all of this shitstorm started. It was common for clinics to be looking for uh, brand new therapists because it seems there's some sort of shortage of RMTs, like clinic owners cannot Mm -hmm. find one to save their life. So she was going on all these interviews. And one of the first interviews she went on, the person interviewing her um, had her infant baby there at the interview, which, okay, fine, you know, you do what you got to do. And people can be very understanding. But then in the middle of the interview, decided to just start nursing her baby like whipped out her breast and started nursing her baby and this poor brand new not even rmt yet like didn't know what to do with herself for one thing i think she's like 20 21 at the time she was 
she was young when she went to massage school. Yeah, she's super young and she's like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know where to look. I didn't know what, to, like, I didn't know what to do. And uh, I mean, as a mother and I've nursed two children, I will tell you that I had no shame in, you know, if, if we were out somewhere, kids got to eat, kids got to eat. I don't know about if I was interviewing someone for a job, though. I feel like that's crossing mm-hmm. the lines of professionalism. And you know how much I hate that word, but... I, I, I don't know. I feel like you could have excused yourself or, you know, get, just, you know, give me a one second. I have to feed my baby. But yeah, just to nonchalantly just start nursing your baby in a job interview. Anyway, this therapist was or not even yet therapist was mind blown. And she told the story on our podcast and then afterwards thought that she would sound like a dick. So she asked us to remove it, but then told us it was okay if we talk about it. What do you think? Would you would you start nursing your baby in a job interview? Would I start nursing my baby? Either of you. What do you think about this? And during an interview. Oh, well, I mean, I don't I don't have any children, so I don't know about the the urgency or like, you know, just the yeah, I got to got to do it. I can't say that I would. I I feel like that's, you know, not not professional. There's quite a bit of urgency. I get it, but I where still do you feel look? like if I was being interviewed, where do I look? Because I feel weird staring you dead in the eyes <laughs> while you breastfeed your baby. But where else can you possibly well, look? I'm sure that the person who is who's breastfeeding wasn't thinking anything about it. Obviously, she's comfortable and it's not weird because she's got to feed her baby. But I still feel like there might have been a better way to go about that. Like I said, that's the only part about it. If I was being interviewed, that's what would make me feel weird the most. Not that you're breastfeeding, but like I don't know where to look now. Because if I look at you in the eye, I feel like this is strange. I feel like I'm forcing myself to look at you in the eye and I kind of look at you like all kind of confused and intense, which is probably a weird look to have when someone's breastfeeding. Yeah. And then where where else are you going to look? You can't kind of turn your head and look at the wall because then... Yeah, it it definitely makes it awkward for the person being... I mean, they're already nervous. So she's on a job interview. She's young. She's a brand new therapist. So again, already the nerves are probably hitting her. And now she, yeah, yeah, doesn't want to look away because then it makes it look like she's uncomfortable with the scenario, even though it's natural and she shouldn't be uncomfortable with it. But also you don't want to look down and look at the baby because then you're like, okay, now I'm just checking out your breasts. Um, So yeah, Mm -hmm. you intend, you have to very intensely look at the person in Which their is eye. awkward. Well, yeah. Uh, Imagine you were breastfeeding one of your children and I just sat across you from a desk just staring at you in the eyes. But again, as the person who's nursing, it probably wouldn't have felt weird to me. I know that I was once told I made one of our friend's boyfriends uncomfortable when I had my first daughter. They came over to bring us gifts and meet the baby. And she was probably like not even a month old. So when she had to eat, I just I mean, I was at home. I just started Mm -hmm. breastfeeding. And apparently my friend told me after that I made her boyfriend incredibly uncomfortable because he didn't know where to look and he didn't want to be weird and creepy. So he would find excuses to leave the room while I was doing that. And then I felt kind of bad, but I didn't, but I did, but I didn't. I don't know. It's a strange Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. I want you to weigh in on this. Do you Um, think that it was inappropriate for the interviewer to start nursing while she's in the middle of a job interview? Or do you, are you on the side of like, well, baby's got to eat. So whatever. Yeah. I think, I mean, nowadays, like maybe if this was like 40 years ago, I would say like, yeah, that's awkward. But I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm so accepting of anything 
now and yeah I think it's a little unprofessional but at the same time it's like well whatever yeah that's how I felt when she first told the story I mean I've I've told this to other therapists and almost unanimously everyone was like oh that's so unprofessional but when she initially told the story I was like I kind of get it though like if you've got an infant and if she's the owner of the clinic and she's got the baby there because she has to do this job interview because she you know she has to hire somebody right now and you, I mean, when you're nursing on demand, if it's like an infant, infant baby, you just you don't know when it's going to happen. And uh, what Krista said earlier, I don't know the urgency of it, man, when that baby starts wailing, it's fucking <laughs> urgent. You're just going to feed them okay. right. You know what? Because they're going to stop screaming the minute they get yeah. the breast in their mouth. So you're just going to you're just going to do it. I don't know if unprofessional is the word I would have used, though. I think I don't know. Awkward. Definitely unprofessional. Eh, I don't know. I, I don't would know. go more. Yeah, I would say awkward. I, I agree, but I I think it's just like so accepted now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, when I had my kids, I was the, I didn't think twice about it. I remember sitting in the middle of a mall, like not in the nursing station because it was totally full and it was gross at this particular mall, like just sitting in the middle of the mall on one of the benches. I think I might've had a blanket or something, but just, you know, she's got to eat and I am not at home. So this is happening. Um, so another another story that I wanted <laughs> I wanted to talk about is a little bit more of a serious one. And as two female therapists, I want your thoughts on this. We uh, had a therapist tell us a story about when she first started out as a massage therapist. She was only six months into practice and it was her very first job. And um, she'd only been working at the place about one to two months. It was a spa. And um, after working there one to two months, a male therapist was hired. He was probably in practice for about six or seven years. And as soon as he started working there, she had a huge crush on him. And uh, very quickly, there became a fairly flirty work relationship, which she described as completely harmless. And then uh, he actually asked her out a couple of times. And she, the way she described it to me is he would ask her out and then like right before the date or the day of the date, he would make these ridiculously lame excuses to not actually go out with her. Or like one time he just didn't answer the phone when she called him and they were supposed to be going out that day. And then he saw her at work the next day and was like, oh, I'm so sorry, my phone broke. So she started to notice some strange behavior, like he was a little bit of a liar. And then she started to notice behavior at work where he was kind of acting really weird, uh, sort of aggressive. She even described him as having like anger management issues. So one example she gave me is that uh, her and a bunch of people were in the room where they kept all the supplies. So the lotions, the oils, and he picked up one of the giant uh, bottles of oil and tried to pump some into his own bottle and the pump was broken. So he took the whole thing and whipped it against the wall and then oil was all over the place. So those kind of things she realized like he'd get angry really easily he had a super bad temper and uh so after that all of that happened where she started to notice the weird behavior the lying um she admits she still definitely had a crush on him but then he started acting really weird towards her so it went from like being flirty to just overtly sexual comments he'd make to her at work or he would send her really filthy text messages and then he actually um did some things to her behind closed doors, which she now says like she should have she should have said something to her boss. Um, so one time he pulled her into a massage room kind of playfully like at first she you know just thought he was being funny pulled her into a massage room but then he shoved her onto the table and slapped her ass so hard she had bruises the next day okay mm-hmm. so that was one thing and then 
another thing is uh, one time she was sitting down in a room doing her charting on a computer and he came up behind her, startled her. She didn't know he was there with a towel and he actually wrapped the towel around her neck, pulled her head back, kissed her and walked away. So after, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So after that happened, um, he actually left the spa like very shortly after that, probably within the same week or maybe two weeks. Um, But she was just really kind of taken back by that. Like, okay, so we had a flirty relationship, but then she kind of felt like what he did was assault. Like, that's not okay. So she uh, talked to her brother, who's a lawyer, and just told him all the things that happened. And he said, like, 100% that's assault. And he said, if I were you, I wouldn't go to the cops, though, because it's going to be a nightmare. It's your word against his and, you know, your credibility is going to be questioned. And so he kind of advised her, you know, don't make a police report. And she said, well, I like, I feel like I should tell somebody like, this is not okay. So she ended up going and speaking to her boss over coffee and told her boss everything that happened and said, I actually don't even really feel comfortable working here anymore. Like she it got to a point where he creeped her out so much that she was afraid that he knew where she lived. She didn't like that he knew where she worked. Like she just, anyway, she got really uncomfortable. So she ended up leaving that place. And then she went to the CMTO and actually spoke to them in person. I guess somebody in like the ICRC spoke to them in person and uh, told them this scenario anonymously, like told, didn't tell his name or anything and just said, I, you know, I wasn't a client. I understand if he did something like this to a client, he would be disciplined. I'm not a client. I was a coworker. But do you think that I should report him? And the two women that she spoke with said 100% report him. So she spent the next like six months writing this super detailed report. It was like 12 pages typed. Um, she had dates. She had uh, direct quotes. She had screenshots of text messages he sent. But again, everything he did was kind of behind closed doors. So she had no witnesses, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, after she wrote the report, the person she submitted it to at the CMTO said to her, this is great. This is really good. And um, so I don't know if you know how it works, but when somebody makes a complaint about you, um, you know, they'll, the report will come in and then you have 30 days the college, to respond. The college will notify you that, right. that there's a, pla- a complaint against you. Right. And then they will give okay. you the opportunity to respond. And they typically give like 30 days for you but to you respond. But you don't to. have you don't to respond. To. You don't yeah. have to do anything. So basically, uh, he never responded. And so the RMT, the female RMT, would get registered mail. And each time she got the registered mail, she'd get like anxious, like, oh my God, this is it. This is his response. And each time I... Th- it was a letter from the college saying he hasn't responded. We're going to give him an extension. And I don't know how many times this happened, but it went on and on. And uh, the end result was that he never responded. And so, you know, they basically had to tell her there's not much we could do. At that point, they don't have any, I guess, direct evidence that he did anything and he's not responding. But on top of saying there's not really much we could do. But that to me warrants an investigation. For sure. You have a a colleague here saying this is what happened. You're, that, ha- that, I agree with you. And yeah. that's why when you hear the last yeah. part, that, that's, this is the part. But that's I, what I mean. I'm, so not, member, I'm not saying it's fine. Like being a member of the college, the college should really be like, yeah, like you know mm-hmm. when you should report something or not. Do you know what I mean? So and remember, she was look- six months out of school. Like yeah. she just learned all this shit. I don't know, man. So here is the, the punchline or the fucking 
piece of it that just makes me so angry. So they didn't only say there's not much that we can do. They said to her, you know, you can go to the police if you want. But as I said, her brother kind of advised her, don't do that. And at this point, she's like, fuck, I've been dragging this on forever. Here's where it was. They said to her, well, we recommend that you uh, don't date or get into these flirty relationships with your co-workers because maybe this wouldn't have happened. Oh. That was uh, right. somebody from the college who said that to her. Hashtag college drops the ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah, don't get me started on that. Yeah. So yeah. when she told yep. me that story, I said, can I please discuss this? I mean, this all happened about five years ago. Um, but it I mean, she, she had to go to fucking therapy for this. None of like, this it even really... makes sense to me. Like to me, this at least like just because you, okay, you have a complaint against you and you're, you get informed that you have a complaint against you and you have the opportunity to respond if you want to, but you don't have to. But that doesn't mean the college doesn't choose to investigate just because someone sure. doesn't respond. For sure. To me, this should have been right. something that, you know, it should have been, I'm at least going to get in touch with this person and find out. Oh, I forgot to say that the, the college actually also did say, um, well, and also you weren't a client. And she's like, uh, we went over this. Like I came into yeah. the college and said, I, you know, I wasn't a client. This happened as me as a coworker. Doesn't even matter either. No, of course not. There's a section under the Massage Therapy Act under misconduct in the section that says miscellaneous, and it talks about behavior unbecoming. Like, come on, abusing physical abuse, sexual abuse. That yep. is uh, that to me is behavior unbecoming. One hundred percent. So, I wanted to share that with you guys and. Uh, hear what you had to say about that i think it just makes me disappointed in the college right now yeah yeah like what else are you disappointed about with the college that sounded like there was a whole bag of stuff to come with it mark that'll be the next episode (laughs) (laughs) um it just makes me feel kind of unsafe actually because that could have happened to me and you know it just doesn't feel like we're protected in that sense yeah, it's it's like Mark Mark said, like just the fact that he didn't respond, it should get another another red flag that you know mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't even um, you know have a, an argument or like just just respond in, in any way about it like that. They should be able to then take a, a different another step. Um, and they can find out more. They definitely can. They could have at least investigated um, him. That was yeah, that yeah. was really surprising to me that there was no investigation done whatsoever. Yet we've had people on our episodes who have been investigated for much less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we know mm-hmm. people who haven't been on shows that have been investigated for much less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hashtag college drop the ball. <laughs> it's horrible, eh? You want another college drop the ball? <laughs> you got one? I don't know if I have one. I had an OSCE prep student and she's failed her OSCE, but she also has special considerations for her OSCE. Like she gets extra time. She could bring in, so like she's got a learning disability. And she was telling me the last time she did her exam, the examiner was talking to her the whole time. The examiner was telling her things like, mm-hmm. uh, move along. Okay, stop doing that. And they were, and she was like, they're even kind of like smirking and laughing at me while I was doing my exam. I was like, get the fuck out of here. I don't even understand how that can happen because aren't there two examiners? When it's one of those scenarios where it's the special consideration section and you know you're doing it on a different day than everybody else. Like you're not you're not in the same system or whatever the case is. Do you know what I mean? There's not 18,000 people that are all doing it on the same day, blah, 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 blah. So I don't know. But she that's the story she sticks with. And I don't know. Why would she lie to me about that? Oh, boy. Hashtag calls drops the ball. (laughs) (laughs) I think I need to go back to Krista because before we started this. She said she had some stories that were super positive. And after those negative Nancy (laughs) stories, I think we need to hear something good. (laughs) 
Krista, cheer okay. me up. I'm just getting depressed with my wine oh, right now. Okay. Well, are you still on the first glass or are you on the second one Krista, now? I will ask you not to ask me those questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so my, um, yeah, so hopefully this person will be on, um, on the podcast one day. Um, but I met this person uh, in the real world. And I was skydiving for my uh, husband's 40th birthday. And um, that was back in uh, October. She could hear you, by the way. Oh, sorry. He put his mic down. <laughs> and and like, he's like, that does not fun. sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not sound fun. No. So um, so we, we went skydiving and um, like he was, you know, into it. I was like, I'm just going to go along with it because it's your 40th. And I wasn't like super nervous, but I don't really show a lot of emotion like in the first place. So um, we're, uh, we get partnered with like a, a, a Tan, like a tandem partner who's a very well qualified um, individual. And so I get partnered up and it's a female. And so she introduces herself and I'm like, this is amazing. You're like a, a female, like, um, you know, we're going to tandem skydive together. This is great. So we go over everything and then we get in the plane and we're going up and, you know, like the nerves are starting to build, but like, I'm still okay. And she's telling me what's happening and we're kind of rehearsing what we're going to do. And in the meantime, I'm also like, there's still like 20 minutes until you get to like the point when you jump out of the plane. And I was like, just leave her alone. Like, don't make small talk. Like, I know you want to, but like, just, just leave her, leave her alone. She gets taught. She talks to everybody all the time about like the little things and Finally, she's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to like uh, talk to her. And then I said, so like, what do you do uh, outside of this? Or is this all that you do? Or like, do you do other jobs? And she's like, well, I'm a massage therapist. So then like my husband was like a couple like rows ahead. And he just like turns around. And he's like, what? <laughs> because he knows about that. So he's like, that okay. is a radical so RMT. Um, yes, exactly. So that was, uh, that was really exciting. So I got to talk to her a little bit about that. But then like, you know, the embarrassing part was that she then turned to me and was like, so what do you do that's so radical? And I was like, I just, have the podcast (laughs) so (laughs) I get that's it so I'm I'm really hoping I get to talk to her um she she sounds like incredible so she's a massage therapist here in Ottawa and she uh she skydives but um it's pretty cool my mom reminded me recently like within within the last few months that when I was a teenager, I was dead set on skydiving, but she was so against it. And I was like, the minute I'm 18, it's happening. The minute I'm 18, it's happening. Did it happen? So, well, here I am at 36. And she reminded me, I think on my birthday, and she's like, so you still going to go skydiving? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm I don't not. know if I, I don't know if I jump out of a plane. Either. You definitely would not. I'm, that's not even a question. No, you wouldn't. I'm surprised at that. Me? No, no, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Risk taking behavior. The only thing I have you is ride the, motorcycles. That's different. That's different. Is it? Okay. I feel like there's a little bit more control, right? Falling from the sky. Is there? What the fuck are you talking about? Just leave it to gravity. No way. Mark won't even go horseback riding with me because he's like, you can't trust an animal. Like you're on its back. First of all, yeah. I, I, sorry if you guys ride horses and stuff. I don't know. I don't get it because I would hate if a monkey jumped on my back. <laughs> it was just like pulling on my head and saying, go right, go left, go faster. You know, take me to the saloon. You know what I mean? I'd be like, what the fuck? Take get me off, to the saloon. Get off my back, monkey. <laughs> yeah. The only the only uh, risky behavior he participates in is the motorcycle. And because, okay, in his defense, I can't believe I'm defending his motorcycle riding because if you listen, you know, I hate it. But when we first met, actually, I liked his bike and I used to ride with him and it 
it was all fun. And him as a writer, I completely trust him. I know that he's very aware of what's going on. I know he doesn't do stupid shit. Like he's not a show offy kind of guy. So I'm okay with him. Yeah, the problem it's hard is to text and ride if you're doing if you're going fast. Well, exactly. We live in Toronto and everybody here is fucking crazy. So I I can't yeah, take pictures like and it. video and go fast at the same time, right? So I gotta go slow. You're a jackass. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank Sue, you. Sue, you've jumped out of a plane. Some... Sue jumped out of a plane. No. God, no. God, no. I I never thought that I would, but I totally thought it would be a good adrenaline rush for um, for my husband for his birthday. And I just thought it would be a great thing to to do together. I do recommend it, but I don't think I'll be doing it. Okay. You were you were scared, right? I I was I was scared mostly of how I would react. I like I like you. It's it is a very risky activity. So like, are you scared Um, that you're gonna die? Are you scared that you're gonna break a bone? Are you scared? Like, what are you scared of? Or scared the wrong word? Yeah, I think scared might be the wrong the wrong word um like honestly one of the girls on the plane did freak out um she was screaming i'm going to die um so that would be me so i was like whoa she's uh She's freaking out, but um, I I I can't I can't describe like what it was. It was almost um, it's happening. So like whatever happens does mm-hmm. happen. Um, we uh, we put somebody in charge of our our dog. Should we not return? Um, but, but like <laughs> oh my God. that that was about that was about it. Um, yeah, it was it was great. But I'm not. I do recommend it. It's a pretty cool sensation. Um, but I. I don't think I'll be doing it once in a lifetime. The closest I ever came was have you guys ever been to Canada's Wonderland? You know that that thing yeah. where they bring you, I don't know what it's called, they bring you all the way up and you're face down and they drop you. It's like a big swing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember doing that one time. It was myself and my very best friend at the time and some guy that I met like three hours before that. And we we're going up. And I was the person that was designated to pull the cord when we got to the top. So we're going up and this guy, um, I had a complete crush on him. I had only met him three hours before, but I had a crush on him (laughs) and we're going up and we're, and he like turns to me and he's like, you might be the last person I ever see in my life. I love you. And I was like, oh, that's nice. (laughs) And then then we both look up and we realize we're only halfway up and he just started losing his shit. Like I was fairly calm. This guy was losing his shit. My best friend was on the other side of him. like he was in the middle. I was on the side to pull the cord and she was on the other side of him and she's losing her shit. And I'm like, okay, I guess I was the right choice to pull the cord. Um, but then when we actually got to the top, I was like, holy fuck, like this is way higher than mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be. But anyway, I did that. I survived. So I was positive that I could jump out of a plane. But you know how you just said we, you know, we had somebody to take care of our dog if we didn't make it. Like, Mark, we cannot yeah. go skydiving because nobody is gonna want to take care of these kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your kids. Uh, All right. They're yours. You they're go. yours. You know what? They would have so much fun with your daughter. We've enjoyed do doing like stretching. We've enjoyed we've enjoyed doing the stretching. I want to do more of it live with you guys, but it just hasn't worked out with our schedule, but we're we're gonna come back on. Well, what's your time? Give me a time. Um, base. Actually, you know what? The most perfect is eleven. A lot of times you have done eleven. Um, it yeah. yeah. The most perfect for us is is eleven. So next time you do eleven, I'll Can make I, it. Yeah. I'll make it work. Can you yeah. guys tell everyone what you're talking about right now? Oh yeah. yeah, Sue, tell everyone what you're, what we're talking about. <laughs> oh sorry. Um, my daughter and I decided to create this 
online stretching class every day since we don't really have anything to do. And um, so we go live. We go live every day and we just do general stretching. Like it's not yoga, although I do say some yoga terms, but um, it's just for parents and kids to get off the couch and move their bodies. And I'm selfishly just made it for me to get off my ass but we have quite the following and um a private school actually in london like live streamed us last week. oh that's really awesome cool like oh. gym class i know so um but can we just talk about go back to the like falling from the sky because mark asked me if i would skydive but then i thought of um when my dad turned 50 he asked me to go hang gliding have you guys ever gone hang i gliding? haven't no you know what that is yeah. Right. Yeah. So you like go up in a little like Cessna plane and then they drop you. And so I think that's the closest I've ever gone to like, you know, falling. Were you terrified sky. or did you love it? Um, I don't think I was terrified because you don't go up like super high. Um, All I can remember is like, because, you know, like you have your tandem with a professional and you're falling and it was up near Fergus, you know, that area, um, mm-hmm. Ontario. And um. All I remember thinking was, wow, the cars look like micro machines. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can remember. (laughs) Um, But it was something really cool I did with my dad because, you know, my mom's afraid of heights. My brother would never fucking do anything like that. So, Oh, man, I don't have any of these types of moments with my parents. My parents, they're older, right? So my mom had me when, I don't know, she was almost 40. So they're they're a bunch of geezers, right? And they come from a culture where that you just don't you don't hang out with your kids, right? You no, go to you, you go send to work them to another room. Yeah, you send them away. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I've never had any of these like oh, dad mom moments, guys. Man, it's interesting because my mom, I, I I feel like I'm a lot like my mother the way she was. I mean. In certain ways, my mom was uh, not super touchy feely, and my kids probably think that I am way over. The- Actually, no, they don't think I'm way over the top because they're as touchy feely as I am. Though. Yeah, they, I mean, they're they're adorable. They'll just like come and crawl on my lap out of nowhere, and they'll be like, "You're the best mom ever," and like kiss me. So they're adorable. Um, but my mom wasn't like that. But I mean, in terms of doing like planned activities. Like I, I very clearly remember my mother, you know, taking us on walks to the library or to the local pool or the community center. Friday nights, we'd go ice skating. Like she was really involved and would do stuff with us. You know, it wasn't just go play and leave me alone. Um, But it's funny because my, my dad, my dad was probably the more, um, not touchy feely, but like just the more open one to, to affection. And now when I call my parents, my dad will literally talk to me for, I don't know, maybe 20 seconds. He's like, okay, man, it was nice to talk to you. Here's your mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he wants nothing to do with me. I'm like, oh, okay, dad. Bye. Ah, <laughs> oh, parents. Yeah. <laughs> Sue, Sue, I want to talk to you for a quick second about your stretch session. Actually, it I was super excited to do it the first time because I'm trying to find all of these activities to do with my kids while we're home. I don't feel like I have to entertain them 24 hours a day. That's ridiculous. But I want to make sure at least at least twice a day, there's something sort of structured that I have planned. So they're not just, you know, entertaining themselves all day and eventually ripping each other's faces off. So the stretch session was going to be our daily thing. Well, I learned something through stretching with you and your daughter. My youngest is so lazy. (laughs) (laughs) 
she true. was just not having any of it. She would just lay on the floor. She likes to lie down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she and okay. she gets mad when she can't do something. So if you were doing something yeah. and she couldn't follow, um, especially because my oldest oh. is very competitive and very much like, look, look, I'm doing it. I'm doing it perfectly. Yeah. She was just getting okay. very frustrated. So, so she lies down. <laughs> yeah. So we were actually going to do it. I can't remember if it was yesterday or the day before, but um, we were available at the time. And I was like, okay, guys, do you want to do the stretch today? And my older daughter was like, yeah, let's do it. And the little one was like, no. And she just sat down. <laughs> but actually, um, since we're talking about it, uh, like, are, are you open to telling people about it? Like, are, are you trying to expand your network? Could people find you and, and do this with you since we're all just at home bored? Well, funny you should ask me that, Amanda. And uh, it's a great segue as I sip my second glass of yes, wine. Yes, <laughs> yes. Krista, get on number two. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm very open to um, if you want to. Like anyone that is in the Facebook group. So it's called Stretch Sesh with Sue and Av. And I just like randomly made it up one night. Um, so I'm not even like attached to the name. I'll probably change it, but feel free to invite whoever you want. But it's sort of leading me towards, um, I'm currently creating a course, like an online module course for kids to learn more about the body. So, um, do you remember the anatomy coloring books? In yeah. School? Mm -hmm. So I have, I just have to record them now. Um, but I've <laughs> sent away the prints to Vistaprint to make big posters. So I'm doing like module one is bones. And so Av and I are going through, you know, just the major bones, like the humerus and the femur and stuff and just trying to teach kids a little bit about anatomy. So we'll do bones and muscles and organs and, how to take care of our bodies. So we'll do like water, nutrition and stretching and exercise and stuff like that. So I wanted to um, build this group so that, especially with the private school that hired me to um, stream the class, I just think it's really important for our kids to start learning about our bodies like for sure. at a young age because it's something mm -hmm. that like I wish that I had and I didn't learn anything until I was in my 20s, right? So so yeah, I mean, I definitely want this group to grow, especially if they're if our kids aren't going back to school at all this year. Like it gives me that platform to kind of expand on that. And I mean, the modules aren't going to be free because I'm putting a lot of time and, and work into it, but they're not going to be expensive either. I'm thinking like $7.99 a module for parents to buy. That um, is very cool. And then the kids, the kids can just download, like I'll have all the printouts. So they just have to print it out and then they can color along with us in the module. So. I love it. Awesome. Look at you, entrepreneur. Do you, do you like that I love idea? it. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> well, what else am I doing right? besides sitting here and creating, right? <laughs> well, it's funny because anytime that Mark is talking to our kids, you know, he won't just say, uh, you know, he said the humorous. He won't just say like your arm. He'll say, and the bone in that, that is your humorous. And that like he's he's already teaching mm -hmm. them anatomical terms. I mean, they pretend to listen and forget it five seconds later, but it's nice. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it will stick with them, like whether whether they're, you know, responding right now or not, like I'm noticing it now, like Ab's turning eight and she's like so far beyond where I was. Right. So, yeah, I like that. I like that they're really um, my kids are really into health and wellness like that sticks with them and yeah. they understand that because that was not something we ever thought of. Like, I'm pretty sure my parents would let me walk away with like the giant party size bag of like Frito-Lay chips and, you know, 
eat as many mm-hmm. as I want. Yeah. Um, but my kids really understand that. Like, uh, if they have something decadent, maybe for dessert, you know, tonight we had chocolate pizza, I'm not even ashamed to say it, we had chocolate pizza for dessert. And mm-hmm. they'll eat something like that. And then they'll say to me, okay, can we have a healthy snack now? No, my yeah. kids, these guys are fucked up, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it's so That's good. Awesome. So good. And so important, actually. Like, I don't know, Amanda, you, you and I are the same age. Like we grew up with the Kool-Aid, yep. right? And it's like, mm-hmm. I remember like sneaking extra sugar into it. My mom would be like, only put a cup of sugar and I would put like <laughs> a cup and a half in and like be that like asshole kid. Yeah. And we were allowed to have cookies anytime. Or, like, because we grew up in the yeah. time where five cent candies were the thing, you know, your parents would give you a dollar yeah. and you'd go to the store and have that little like teeny tiny brown paper bag and fill it with as many tiny yeah. candies as you could. Like, <laughs> And we were allowed to do that like every you think day. You had a bad. I was a latchkey kid. There were parents nowhere. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. You come home from school, you're at your buddy's house, you got a good three hours of like no supervision. Yeah. You just watch TV all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the kids these days, or at least I know my kids for sure. And obviously, Av is like that based on the fact that she's your partner in crime in the stretch sesh. Um, they actually yeah. enjoy doing exercise. So today I did a game with them, which I got on one of the you know one of the online resources for homeschooling and it was called race to 100 have you either of you heard of this mm-hmm. so you have no. you have a chart that has uh, the numbers written on it from 1 to 100 and you have dice and so you roll the dice and each number on the dice is associated with a different exercise so they were doing mountain climbers they were doing jumping jacks they were doing squat jumps they were doing v sits um so it was whatever number you got you had to do the exercise associated with that number and if you successfully completed it then you could cross off that many numbers and whoever got to 100 first won um so yeah it was really cool i was sweating because i was doing it with them and i did a whole <laughs> like you know little kindergarten workout today with them but i was sweating uh, not to mention the first day we did your stretch stretch session the next day i i was sore i was embarrassed to admit it i said to mark like this is how little i work out now i stretched with sue and i'm sore <laughs> oh well just to go along with that game that you're talking about so today um, I did the outdoor stretch just like spontaneous. Yeah, I saw that. Um, it, it was because, so I always wake up at like three in the morning with all of these like creative downloads and like, it's so annoying. I have to like get up and like write in my journal like an idiot. <laughs> um, so this morning at three, I was like, okay, I need to like, I need to work out because I missed the gym. So I have this equipment downstairs, like kettlebells and medicine balls and and stuff like that and like cones. So I, I was like, we're going to make a workout. We're going to do the stretch before. And do you remember, do you guys remember doing suicide drills? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we're not allowed to call them suicide drills anymore. Right. They're called shuttles. When did that happen? Look at look at Mark's face. Right? Oh, you can't see him. His face like, is when like. When did that what? happen? He's. <laughs> I'm so old. He's Fuck, so like mind blown whenever I tell him like things that kids learn these days versus the way that we did things. Like that yeah. We taught. Yeah. So we did this huge workout today and we did like medicine ball slams into the ground and like it was just awesome. And by the end, she was just like, Mom, that was like the best workout all time. And like, meanwhile, I was like, "Ooh, what can I put together that's going to get our heart rate up? You know, (laughs) like, you know, like I miss my squat rack. I miss my cable rack, like, you know, cable machine. So um, I think just like introducing like that game you were doing with your daughters it was like just introducing them to like new exercises and like challenging their Mm. bodies is like 
such an important lesson for them. I was super impressed with their ability to do ABC push-ups so easily. Yeah, that's amazing. I was like, what? Look at you guys go. Like, I'm sweating here. And you're just like, one, two, three. <laughs> like, no problem. It was amazing. Wait, were you still in your pajama pants? Not though? this time. I had real clothes on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a little too sweaty. I couldn't believe that Mark actually took those pictures of me working out with you and Av in my Rolling Stones pajama pants. I'm like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know why I I, you know it. why I was still in my pajamas that day because I I knew that I wanted to do your stretch session and I screwed up on the time. I thought it was an hour later than it actually was. So it was, suddenly I got the notification on my phone like starting in 5 minutes. I'm like shit. All right guys, let's go. <laughs> I worked out in my fleece Rolling Stones PJs. It's fine. Oh, that's awesome. Um I'm waiting for Mark to jump in though. Don't hold Someone, your breath. Someone's going to take Mark. the pictures. I'll take the If you work out, I will take the pictures. Oh, here we go. Thanks. <laughs> I call you out like a bunch Thanks. of times. <laughs> yeah because he'll he'll watch it because he's watching us do it so he'll like he'll come on and watch it but yeah no he's not exercising he's just taking the pictures uh one day mark one day yeah, maybe <laughs> after i jump out of the plane i feel like before we started recording we had more i know i still have a couple of stories but do you guys have anything else you want to talk about that people have told you off mic or any untold stories that really need to be heard no nothing that really needs to be heard on on my end as you were talking about the uh that chiropractor that sort of froze your your um friend out there i have um a like a, it would be a complete different episode i think if if there was a combination of like horrible bosses like that oh you're giving um, me ideas i've definitely worked for for somebody like that that i literally i have a file in my phone called i can't make this up because of all of the things that happened at this oh location. my god please share open up that file i need to hear some of them number, number four number four on the list hold on number four on the list it was um it was an interesting individual to work with let me see one two I love that she's actually Three. counting to four. <laughs> we we have no idea. Um, okay, let's see. Well, so she's outside my door. I'm doing a treatment. She's outside my door and yells, you need to be quiet because my massage therapist with a client. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, like just little, little things like that built up over time. But... <laughs> we're so giddy right now that's amazing <laughs> so those just little bits like that that are, are are wonderful at least give me one or two more because that was that's gold okay yeah yeah give us a little for um so she hasn't she was listening to an ipod in uh, her workspace um she could never change the song i don't know why she just kept she like would want to skip a song, but she couldn't, it wouldn't skip. Um, so a year later I turn over the iPod and she had it on lock. Um, so. um, and uh, she also, um, she also has to Google Facebook. Yes. <laughs> okay. Is she like super, super old? I mean, I'm not trying to be offensive to like <laughs> no, the the older no. people listening to this. No, I wouldn't say super old. 
you know, no, like, no. People like that, I wonder how they get through life. Like, I, I, like mm-hmm. my, 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 my brother's wife's mother. Oh, you she, better hope they never listen they to this. Listen. <laughs> Even if they do, fuck them, right? She is like that. Like, I have no idea how she gets through life because she just ditzy. seems so fucking ditzy and clueless. Yeah. And I wonder, like, does someone have to tell you, like, right foot in your pants, then left? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and and I mean this these individuals can also be very very like successful on the surface right like this is a this is a business owner you know with a successful like practice of her own and you're <laughs> just like how is this possible 100% so I have two examples of that actually uh, one of them is a close friend of mine but again she won't listen to this thanks friend who's not listening to my podcast uh, <laughs> she's in the industry I won't say what she does but she's a super close friend of mine and I love her to death but just does not understand like regular technology doesn't understand like she doesn't she doesn't pay attention to world events or what's going on and like Everything she does or talks about or listens to or watches is from like 50 years ago. I'm like, you are my age. Mm-hmm. Like, what is why? Why don't you understand the world as it is today? I just I don't get it. But she runs a business like she's, you know, she's functional somehow. But yeah, she has no idea what's going on in the real world. And we've had another guest on the podcast. And um, we met him years ago. And he's probably my age, possibly even younger. And um, when he was going to sign up for one of our courses one time, he was like, can I pay you guys with a check? And at that time, we didn't accept checks. And we're like, oh, no, but if you want to do an e-transfer, he's like, "Uh, how do I do that? I don't understand. What do I do? How do I do an e-transfer? And I'm like, I don't know how to talk to somebody like you. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, it's funny. I do have um, a story I wanted to share because, again, at this period of time that we're in right now, um, I've heard a lot of we've had a lot of people messaging us just about things that are going on related to coronavirus and shutting down. And uh, I have a friend who's a clinic owner. And so her clinic didn't officially shut down until they absolutely had to, which I would say was probably about the 24th of March. Um, But before that point, I'd say probably about the 15th when all of us were kind of getting the feeling that we should stop working. uh, She kind of left it up to her therapist. They were doing hardcore phone screening. They I mean, she said she was down to treating maybe one to two people a day because if if they had even come into contact with somebody who had traveled, she was like, no, sorry, you can't come in. But she was leaving it up to the individual therapist because her therapists all pay rent. You know, if you want to work, you can work. I won't stop mm-hmm. you. You know, it's completely up to you until, you know, it was we absolutely have to close. And so the way that her clinic operates is the therapists pay their rent on the last day of the month. So they collect all of the money from their clients throughout the month. And on the last day of the month, they pay her their preset rent. Well, she sent out an email at the end of March saying, you know, I've looked at all the ways I can cut costs and I've figured out some things. So I'm, you know, I'm going to make sure that you guys don't have to pay me rent for April. And apparently not one of her therapists said thank you for that. In fact, I think two or three of them responded back, I'm not paying for March. Oh. Yeah. 
And uh, so anyway, she called me pretty upset. Like, you know, I thought I was doing good, not having them pay for April, but now they're telling me that they're not going to pay for March because they didn't work the last two weeks. Not even like, okay, can we work something out or can we, you know, just I'm not paying for, I shouldn't have to pay for March. And then she went on to tell me that one of the therapists was actually on vacation for the first two weeks of March. So she was like, well, I didn't work at all in March. I went on vacation and then we closed down. I was like, oh, okay. So, um, I, I, I know what I think about this situation. What about you guys? Do you think that the therapist should have paid or do you think that they were justified in saying I'm not paying? I think that they should pay ethically. I think that they should pay for the month. Even, even if you're on vacation, you're paying for the space. Um, maybe she'll change her policy to get to pay at the beginning of the month. Um, but, but at least negotiate maybe the two weeks. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, soup I try to look at everything from everybody's side that's not that's not fair to just back out of the rent when you're you know like obligated um at least like the two weeks that that you were there and was the contract like rent per month yeah yeah they're they're flat rent per month. yeah it's a flat rent it was a flat rent okay then it's fucked up it's fucked up from so many angles, right? You're a therapist. I understand you're going crazy right now because especially if you didn't have the ability to manage your finances before and you find yourself like, what the fuck am I going to do here? I have no clue what I'm going to do here. And then you're the clinic owner who's like, guys, like you work here. And if you re- like, we've mm-hmm. said this before on the podcast so many times. If you really liked working here and you were successful here and you want to come back to a job, like you got to help me out because if you don't, there may be no job for you to come back to. Yeah. Right. So what's more important to you now? The $1,200 that you owe me for rent that from six months from now means you got a place to come back and make the eight, nine thousand dollars that you make normally or holding it for yourself right now. Like I, it's, it's such a weird thing, man. I understand the therapist's perspective because totally. none of us are making any money. What was really shitty was one, she was busting her butt trying to find ways to cut costs so that they didn't have to pay for April. Like once she realized, okay, we're not going to be able to reopen in April. She was like, okay, I don't want to have my therapist paying. Let me see what I could do. And she looked into all of the different opportunities with the government, but unfortunately, she doesn't qualify for anything more than what her therapists do because she doesn't have employees and her landlord isn't giving her a break on the rent. So she still has to pay all the bills to keep the clinic open if they want to have a place to come back and work. And she doesn't qualify for one of these loans because you have to have a payroll of $50,000 or more. And she doesn't have that. Her only employee is a part-time receptionist. Isn't there a rule right now where... um... Um, landlords can't residential. Oh, okay. I don't know if there is anything with commercial. I, I actually I, I can't say is. for sure. But so. even if there not yet anyway. Yeah, I mean there there might be, and there might be some way that she could work something out with the landlord. But I just felt it was really shitty. If of I was the her. Therapist. I tell them, okay, keep 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 your keep your March. Don't worry about April. As a matter of fact, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. but I just thought it was really shitty of the therapists who were saying they shouldn't have to pay for March because one, you worked yep. the two weeks, and then the the last two weeks were really up to you. She didn't say you couldn't work. It wasn't until the 24th. I'm almost certain it was the 24th that we had no choice but to close, which means what, seven days of the entire month you weren't able to work. And, you know, I'm sure you don't work seven days a week. So how many of those were really work days? And again, to not even contact her and say like, listen, I'm, you know, I'm struggling. I've got some financial problems right now. And try to work something out with her. But she told me that she got 
got, I, th- I can't remember, as I said, if it was two or three emails of therapists who just said, I'm not paying for March. Yeah, I'd be like, don't worry about it. Just don't come back. Yeah. She was hurt, though. She was really hurt because some of these therapists are people who have worked for her for a long time. She was just really hurt because she was trying to do the right thing for her people. And her people basically said, you know what? This is your clinic. This is your problem. Yeah. There's a lot of self-preservation there, unfortunately. Just like, yeah. And I mean, I know that a lot of people were in shock, like really early on. I know like we, it it was sort of... um, you know, like what, what, what's, what's going to happen to me? I get that. But yeah, looking back on it, just ethically, I got, I could not, I could not just leave a clinic owner hanging. Like when the CMTO raised our um, registration fee, um, you know, like a lot of them, obviously a lot of therapists were really upset and um, you know, a few of them were like, well, we're just going to like, boycott paying it we're just gonna like get everybody out front we're gonna get everybody out in front of the cmto and we're just gonna like you know can you imagine if like we all didn't pay it but okay we don't pay it then we can't work then that's also putting like like, i work for a wonderful clinic so like i i don't show up to work then you know my the clinic owner can't pay her bills either like that what that doesn't make any sense so yeah yeah it was just kind of the chain reaction that you you kind of have to think about yeah at this point everybody just needs to be working together you know like everybody mm-hmm. everybody has should have compassion for everybody else because you don't know anybody else's situation. I was talking to a friend the other day and I realized I was really harsh with her and I felt guilty after. So the next time we spoke, I was a a lot more gentle, but um, I felt that she was complaining. And that's a horrible thing to say because I don't know, you know, maybe she was having a bad mental health day or whatever, but I felt that she was complaining and it was annoying me because she's... uh, her situation hasn't been affected that much, meaning she's still got the same income she would have had before. Like the only difference is that she can't really go out to public places right now. So I was sort of annoyed by the the negativity when talking to her. Like I felt like she was complaining and I was just saying to her, and again, not in a nice way, and I felt guilty about this after, but I was saying like, imagine if you're a doctor right now, you're a nurse, you're somebody who works in a grocery store, you're a cop, you're a paramedic. Like, Imagine you're one of these people and you're forced to go out and some of them are not you know, even living with their families right now because they're too nervous to do that. Imagine that you're you know, a non-essential person and you've been laid off and now you're at home and you've got kids to feed and you've got a fit and you don't have any income. You know, I was just trying to show her like everybody has something they're dealing with right now. Um, But yeah, like I said, I didn't do it in a very nice way. I was just like, oh, your whining is just too much because you do not have it bad. But again, I guess everybody has their shit and I'm, you know, here I am preaching this to her and yet uh, rolling my eyes at her for whining. Yeah, it's a unique situation. I mean, everybody is affected. Absolutely everybody. It's it's really, really, really interesting. Yeah, there was a period where I felt like, oh, man, the teachers are finally winning because, you know, they can just be at <laughs> home. They still have jobs. They're still getting paid. But everyone else has to deal with their own kids and they don't have to do anything. And then this whole Google Classroom. Oh, now they got to do that and still teach their kids. Right. So now they have to homeschool their own <laughs> Good. kids. Good. They have to teach About our kids. Fucking time you did some work. I'm kidding. Oh, you're such I'm a- joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Two months off the summer. I'm kidding. What do I know? 
<laughs> what do I know? I got a podcast. But yeah, everybody everybody has <laughs> something that they're struggling with right now. So again, when it comes to the clinic yeah. owners, I really felt for this particular clinic owner because she said, you know, I think the reason that my my therapists don't want to pay is they think I'm in a better financial situation than they are, which is not the case. Mm-hmm. And um, I could relate. I said, yeah, I mean, I guess because, you know, we're a, quote, institute, people think we're in a great situation. And I'm if you've heard the other yeah. episodes, you know, we're getting people literally emailing us demanding their money right now. We're like, whoa, whoa, okay, pump the brakes for a second. RMTs are funny. I like you guys. You're all funny people. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but they're, they're a little nutso. Like, they're a, li- they're a oh, little yeah. nutso, especially when it comes down yeah. to this idea of reporting other businesses or other RMTs or other healthcare professionals that they think are working based on conversations in Facebook groups. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Are you leading me into a story? Yeah, that was a good segue. Come on. That's good. That's I, that's I very fed good. you that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, we have, my hand. we have another RMT friend who was just trying to offer some advice. Uh, somebody posted in an RMT group on Facebook, um, you know, like what are your screening processes going to look like when we can go back to work? And she had just given some tips of what she had previously been doing, although she stopped working on, I think, March 12th, but, you know, giving some tips on what she had been doing and then, you know, talking about some options that are available. And somebody took that and reported her to the CMTO as she was still operating. Right? I think, I I don't know if it's, like I was saying to her, I think it's just people who are jealous isn't the right word but it's like well if i can't work you can't either well there's definitely those i've seen a lot of those definitely seen a lot of those yeah yeah and it sucks and then everyone's like uh you know why are our fees so much or is the cmto gonna give us a break and like you guys realize every time you fucking do something like this and you call the college and now they gotta fucking call Mm -hmm. someone up and investigate shit and that's all fucking money you're costing us all money stop it well in the end yeah right every time we have them do do something along these lines like it, it falls onto the fucking membership oh boy sue yeah totally can i just add something to that um mm-hmm. it's not even um rmt specific but i just think in general with human behavior with all of this that's happening it's like we're really seeing the light in people and we're really seeing the dark in people mm-hmm. and there's a lot of behavior that we wouldn't normally see. So I just think that we're in this sort of time of uneasiness. And I don't know <laughs> when you're talking about the Facebook groups and the RMT forums and all this stuff. It's like, I never like I follow all of it, but I never chime in like ever. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even, you know, I read everything, but I just I don't want to get caught in the crossfire. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. <laughs> Um, and especially right now, because it's just very volatile. Um, mm-hmm. I just think there's a lot of anxiety. And and this brings me back to, I just recorded a podcast today about it. It's like the anxiety and the stress that has like been building around like every profession right now in this situation. It's like our jobs as healthcare professionals is going to be needed so significantly in the next mm-hmm. like six to 12 God, months. God, I hope so. That like when people, when people are bitching and complaining about like losing money right now, I'm like, well, I'm just going to be working my ass off in the fall because I'm going to be booked fucking solid, you know? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, Do you know who you're talking to, Sue? Have we met? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> like, maybe it's that second glass, but um, 
I just feel, I feel like, you know, we are in that profession of helping people reduce their stress, you know, decrease pain and, and all of that. And, and it's just going to be heavily needed. So um, we're just in this sort of lull period that I think we need to just kind of ground ourselves and like rest and stop like attacking other therapists or, you know, like it's just, I don't know. I like, I love all four of you and or three of you. <laughs> I love you, you of love you too. Um, <laughs> it's, it's good. <laughs> but you know, like we just have, we have this um, positive perspective on, our career and our profession and I, I think it's going to be a really interesting time to see uh, if it helps weed out some of those um you know the this types of rmts that like a market you know like there's there's a lot of uh i think with every profession there's going to be some some more difficult ones but i am i am just interested to see if after this period there's just people that can't they just switch careers they can't handle it um there's already people trying to raise those like discussions in the groups as mm -hmm. well. Like, I mean, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay if, if a lot of them leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, natural same. selection at its <laughs> finest. <laughs> well, I like what Sue said as well about taking this time to really ground yourself. Like there is, there are certain factors right now that are completely out of our control. And there are a ton of things are that are completely within our control. And the people that are freaking out and attacking other people, I know it's all coming from a place of fear and I want to be compassionate towards them, but I also want to shake them a little bit and just say, calm the fuck down. We're all in this together. At this point, more than ever, you should be trying to help fellow RMTs. You should be trying to help everybody in our profession, give advice, give tips, stop fucking yelling at each other. Stop fighting over nonsense. Mm -hmm. It's not getting you anywhere. So you're, you're just making yourself more angry. Um, I had posted something on my personal Facebook page in the winter that was like, you can be mad about the snow, but all that means is that you're, you're, you have more anger and there's still just as much snow. Or, or it was the yeah. opposite. It was like, you know, if you don't find joy in the snow, there's still just as much snow, but you have less joy. I think that's the way it was worded. But yeah. it's the same. That was very good. It's the same situation right now. Like you can be fucking furious and angry and you're allowed to have those feelings, you know, recognize them, do what you got to do with them. But to be attacking other humans right now who are all going through the same shit you are, um, like I said, I've been guilty of it myself. I was so furious, not furious. I was just annoyed with my friend who was complaining like, wah, 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 I'm stuck in my teeny place with my baby. I'm like, go outside, stop whining. But, you know, maybe mm -hmm. she's really just struggling with this. And I was like, okay, I need to be a little bit more compassionate with her. But also everybody just needs to recognize that we're all dealing with the same shit together and just try to help people. I've been really impressed with the number of people who have been actually reaching out to me lately, people who I didn't realize I was so close with, you know, these are more acquaintances and who are sending me messages saying, you know, I've been thinking about you. I know you're self-employed. Are you okay? Do you need anything? Um, I had a couple of moms from, you know, my kids activities send me messages. Like I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. If you need anything, send me a message. I'm like, wow, like this is how people are supposed to be right now. You know what? Even, even yeah. if you're not helpful, just don't be a dick. Exactly. Right? That's that's just yeah. don't be a dad. <laughs> Let's just go that route. Don't even don't even try to be helpful. That's just not you. Just don't be a fucking asshole. Like when it's all over, like and you look back on how you were during this time, like are you gonna be proud of like how you behaved, essentially? Like 
were you a good person? Did you help people? Like, did you stay calm or like, you know, or did you, were you a dick? Don't be a dick. And the dick people won't even know yeah. that they were being dicks. <sighs> no, God that's not true. So fucking frustrating. That. I want some true. justice. No, damn it. No. <laughs> they don't even know. know. Yeah, but you know what? They're, they're torturing themselves. You don't need justice because they're sitting at home oh, I need justice. in this angry state of mind and not enjoying the calm. But they don't even know that they're in an angry state of mind. They're just being them. They need to be mm. told. No, no. I think mm. if you I think if you live that way, I feel sorry enough for you. Because although I'm losing money by the second, like that's not even a fucking lie. Like, you know, we're we're not making any money, but we're also losing money. Um that's not what I'm thinking about every day. I'm thinking about what can I do with my kids today? What kind of like I'm, you know, I'm not saying everybody has to do this. So, you know, I've, I've seen all the posts on social media, like, don't feel like you have to learn how to make bread. Don't feel like you have to be productive. <laughs> like I'm, I'm with those people. Don't feel like you have to do fucking anything. But I've been using this time to actually do stuff that I do always complain that I don't have enough time for. I have been cooking every day. I have been trying new things. I have been, you know, doing stuff with my kids that I wouldn't normally do. Like tonight we did like a two hour long craft that normally I'd be like, no fucking way. This is so messy. It had glitter glue and paint and glue and scissors. Like that's so many things for a three-year-old. But what else am I doing? And when right? shit goes wrong, you can't even take them to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, you know, I'm taking this time to just slow down. Like Sue said, just ground myself and like, okay, what do I want to do today? What, do, what feels good? I'm not following any kind of strict regime or schedule. Like if it's something that, we all kind of want to do, okay, let's do it. And that's, you know, that's what we can control right now. I'm not trying to figure out ways to make money because I, ultimately I, I want to go back to my career. I like my job. I know I miss, I miss our job right now. The bigger question is, Krista, does your dog love it? that you're home all the time? <laughs> oh, this is heaven. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he is loving it absolutely yeah he even needs a break from like my husband and i like he he dismisses himself and like goes away because like yeah I'm sick of you humans he just yeah it's very nice i'm yeah i hope that it, he's okay once we once we're back at work and he doesn't have any like anxiety or, or anything about it but yeah i know he's loving so it. i can't remember do you have pets yeah i was just gonna say did you know that i i have a dog you now? have a dog now okay i think i saw in a video there was yeah. a four-legged thing running around <laughs> yeah well and we have we have a cat maybe that's what I saw yes right okay because i was gonna say we've been in oh, your we've been yeah. in your house and if we were in your house mark would have reacted to your cat but maybe not he doesn't shed that much um our cat's a ragdoll and i mean he sheds a little bit but not like a like a rescue cat but we rescued a dog in january and his name is pico de Gaia. oh i love that Aww. he's an old man and full of anxiety <laughs> when he said Aww. that i was like oh yeah that's our dog but he um jared works from home so um it's nothing will really change only av and i will go back to our schedule when things Go back to normal. Actually, let's let's talk about the kids for a second. I saw another post today that was saying, you know, we're all freaking out and this and that, and you know, we should really be uh, applauding our children. Like this is it must be so crazy for them. You know, they're not going to school. They're at home all the time. They're probably overhearing the craziest conversations, things on the news. You know, they're probably so confused. Mm -hmm. And so I I started texting all of my friends with kids and saying like how are they doing? How are they dealing with this? So 
Sue, how's your daughter? Is she loving this? Or is she like, when can I go back to school? Um, I have a really interesting story about that. It has nothing to do with school. Um, she started taking like showers, like sometimes twice a day. And I'm like, what? Why are you taking so many showers? Like I used to fight her to have a shower. And she's <laughs> the other day, she's in the shower and she's like, I feel like I need to have a shower so that I don't get the coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh i love you and yay if that's me more like wonderful <laughs> now it's gonna be like i have the coronavirus is forever <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like she like her birthday's coming up right so it's gonna be kind of weird i've told her that she can have a big bash in the summer hopefully and that like maybe i'll be able to order her something from amazon and it'll arrive on time but um i don't know her and i are just very close anyway so you know i've been playing a lot of minecraft i don't know i think i like to go mining (laughs) (laughs) side note um but yeah how are your kids doing they're so great i just said to mark like out of the blue this morning i just looked at him and i said i'm so fucking grateful for our kids and i actually said fucking they were in the room don't worry um (laughs) but they love each other so much it's insane like i you could only hope that your kids get along this well mine do like tonight we were having a dance party before bed and my little one just charged at the big one because she's like a bull she's crazy and she just charged at her and she hugged her and she said you're the best big sister ever and then the big sister said and you're the best little sister ever and then they were just like hugging and they both said i love you so much i love you so much and i'm like oh my god you can't make this shit up like is this happening and uh they're just really loving like being home together and we do this thing in the morning um where i you know i ask them both like what would you want to do today and so we write down like what each of them want to do today and we try to incorporate into the day and sometimes it's super simple like today the little one uh said she wanted to go outside and unfortunately we didn't get to because outside time I had to go to the grocery store and because of the fact that you know social distancing you have to line up it adds like 45 minutes to your grocery shopping so we didn't get to but I promised her we'd go out tomorrow Um, but the older one it was as simple as I want to do arts and crafts today so I was like okay cool and then I embarked on the two-hour craft adventure that that involved paint and glitter and scissors and glue and disaster so yeah they're doing good are you guys drinking more just out of curiosity like in because of all this i haven't i haven't been but um i i definitely have observed people that have and no no (laughs) judgment but yeah it's just not i don't i don't yeah i don't drink much anyway so i'll I'll tell you i'll tell you why i'm asking that was a jab at me no it wasn't a jab at you at all totally was because i'm on instagram and i see all of these people doing like zoom parties and it's all these couples that are doing these things with other couples and i one night i turned to a man i'm like there's Mm -hmm. not a fucking couple in the world that i want to do this with (laughs) and i was curious like are you guys partaking in all this zoom drink sessions we only did we did one with one other couple that like on the weekend so it had been like three weeks since we'd seen one of our other couple friends so we did one on the saturday night i think maybe the friday um and oh and it was yeah it was nice to like see them but and like yes we had um a drink but my friend actually needed to prompt me she's like do you have your like cocktail and I was like oh wait let me go get something <laughs> is it awkward doing these things um 
you know what? It, it was maybe for like 10 minutes and then it was just like normal, you know, just normal getting together, like at their place on the couch. It was nice. I have two things yeah. to say about this. Um, first of all, Mark, yes, I'm drinking more wine now that I'm home. I knew we were friends for um, a reason. So I don't have to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have to wake up to right. go to work or make a school lunch or whatever. Um, but also I am a huge fan of sparkling water now so I find that like all day long because I'm like in creative and writing and recording podcasts and editing like I'm I'm actually doing a lot of stuff um that I'm like pushing so much water into my system it's crazy um but going back to the zoom calls like I have a lot of um coaching like zoom calls that go on like all the time so (laughs) I actually have a girlfriend now, like the text messages on the phone. I keep looking at it right now. And she's just like, when can we have our wine night? When can we have our virtual wine night? And like, I literally don't want to have because I am, You're on I am all the time. I am on Zoom with podcast with podcast guests and my coaching that like, like there's been a part of my life where I'm like, maybe I could be a virtual coach. Like maybe I could be a virtual body coach. No, like the answer is officially no. Like I cannot, like I need to be hands in cells like for my job and this virtual conferencing, like I just, I can't do it. There's two parts to that question. Yes, I'm drinking a little bit more wine. Don't judge me. I'm you no know, balancing it out with water. <laughs> I'm not judging you. So I, for a long time, I actually really was like not a huge drinker. Like I will joke all the time on the podcast, but really I'll like have a few glasses of wine and then won't drink anything for like three weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. But Yes, we are home all day, every day now. And the balance of meal prepping and cooking and cleaning and yeah. doing laundry and homeschooling and, you know, keeping the kids, I feel like I don't fucking stop ever. So yeah. almost every night since we've basically been locked down, um, the kids go to bed and I have a glass of wine. And some nights it's only one and some nights it's four. And, you know, it is what it is. And you know what a good trick is that I've figured out? If you put sparkling wine in a wine in a wine glass, it like tricks your mind. Mm-hmm. So I do that some nights when I'm like, oh, I could totally like crack another bottle, but I'm not going to. And I'll just like drink water out of a wine glass. <laughs> yeah, I've done that a couple nights where I, you know, I'll have like a couple glasses of wine and then I feel like, eh, I'm over it, but I still want to keep the wine glass. I've definitely yeah. poured like yeah, my sparkling water or um, a couple nights ago, I put Fresca in a wine glass. Nice. <laughs> oh, man, the things we do. Anyway, um, I don't want to monopolize any more of your time because we've been talking for a really long time, but I enjoy talking to you too. So before we do end anything off, are there any other untold stories that you guys have? Anything that we haven't talked about? Nothing on my end. I mean, I've got lots, you know that. Um... <laughs> At least, okay, you know what? Give us one. And then, like, give us the best one, and this will be the end of the show. No pressure, obviously. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Um, this is an untold story from me, um, and it's going back to what Mark was saying maybe, like, 15 minutes ago about when people don't realize that they are being negative or they're um, being an asshole. And it relates to that podcast episode you did where – um, have you ever fired a client? Am I able to tell that story? 100%. Okay. Cause it's like one of my favorite ones. Um, so you know me, I've been in like the personal development world, blah, blah, blah. 
going to all the events, getting all the coaches. And I really worked on identifying my ideal client over the years and really identifying who is not my ideal client. So, you know, we've been therapists for over a decade, all of us, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm not um, there yet. I'm on year nine. I'm, I'm oh, getting there. I'm getting there. You're almost there. You're Cross almost. the fucking finish line, will you? <laughs> oh, come on, guys. Hopefully, hopefully you'll be back to work by then. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this client had been with me for many years. And, you know, when you have those clients where you're like, they always complain the whole hour. They, you never feel like you're helping them. Like, like there's just so much wrong with their bodies um, that like, honestly, by this point, um, I I wanted to refer her out to like an osteopath or, you know, she was already seeing Cairo, but I was like, I don't think I can help you. So this was going through my brain, going through my brain and she's in, we're in treatment and I'm wearing my good vibes only t-shirt. <laughs> Keep that in mind. <laughs> and she flips over and I had looked at my hands and I felt like my fingers were broken. Like. If you know myofascial release, like it's soft and you shouldn't feel like you're breaking your hand. And she looks up at me and she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't think I can treat you anymore. And like, her face was like, oh. I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't think I can help you um, the way you want me to. And keep in mind, I've been treating her for about six years. And, uh. Like, yeah, I'm just going to have to end the treatment right now. So I like leave the room and like in my head, I was like, yes. Oh my God. As if I did that. Oh my God. Because I've been wanting to do it for so long because like her just, her negativity was just like oozing into myself some days. And I was like, like, you know, when you look at the client roster for the day and you're like, oh, that three o'clock hour is not going to be great. (laughs) Oh, I know that. I know that feeling. But that, when you just told that story that you just said to her, like, I'm going to, we're going to end the treatment right now. And you walked out. I literally just got anxious hearing it because I am the most passive and I'm such a, I'm such a pussy like that. There's no other word. Like I'm just the worst. And I don't think that, I don't think I could say that to somebody. I think I would be like, okay, I'll just keep doing it. I've just come to this point where it's like, okay, it's not worth the money for the amount of stress. And like, uh, like, mm-hmm. I think it was me looking down at my hands being like, ow, like, like normally my hands don't hurt. Right. So she left the she she gets up off the table whatever like in shock and comes out and we're standing in the um like in the reception area. Luckily we were alone and like I said I've known like I I've known this woman for a long time like I have huge respect for her and um I said to her I was like I just there are times where I can't handle the complaining and the negativity. And I just have to tell you that honestly, like I will send you some referrals to some osteopaths that I think can help you a little bit better than I can. And I don't want to waste your insurance money. That was another point, right? Like, and uh, she looked at me and she goes, I complain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we cried, we hugged, it was fine. It turns out a year later, she had two hip replacements at the same time. Wow. That's how bad her body was. So maybe you were right, Mark. People who are being negative Nancys and Debbie Downers. Sorry, Debbie and Nancy. By the way, Debbie's my mom's <laughs> name. Um <laughs> 
whatever. They don't have it as bad as Karen. So <laughs> they're fine. It's <laughs> okay. There's a lot of bad Susans out there. So Oh, that's know, true. I, Susan I know, was a thing. I know. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, those people just maybe really don't recognize. And, you know, going back to the friend that I was talking about, the one that I felt was just complaining about, you know, having yeah. to be home all the time and blah, blah, blah. She yeah. is one of those people. And I don't think she knows it. Like, I don't yeah. think she knows that everything that comes out of her mouth is a complaint. Maybe you need to tell her. Yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't she know that? Mark, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yes. And you know shouldn't that I'm, she know that? I'm way too afraid to say anything. <laughs> but why are you, you afraid, though, Amanda? Oh, I'm afraid? such a wimp, Sue. You need to you need to help me. I, I don't like confrontation. I, I've always said that. And I know this is like a... No, it's, I know it's a huge character flaw I don't for me. Like, I don't I don't like confrontation. And there's certain things where... like So, for example, this particular person, um, she's a good friend. She has a good heart. Her intentions are good. But she's just a whiner. Like, everything that comes out of her mouth is just complaint, 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 complaint. And I've tried to show her the other side of things. You know, I'll try to show her, like, well, look at all this good. And look at this. And look at that. And she's got a butt for everything Mm -hmm. and it's exhausting and I don't know how to tell her like you're you're a whiner because she's also a very defensive person which I guess those two things go together and Mm -hmm. instead of having to get into the uncomfortable situation I just sometimes choose to distance myself so you know if sometimes if she's calling and I don't have the mental energy to deal with it I just don't answer the call Mm -hmm. maybe I need to tell her I actually once had a conversation with her where I said I feel like I'm being a bad friend to you because I feel like I just tell you what you want to hear and not what I really think and then what she said I had to give her some examples that was a rough conversation and then she threw those things in my face for years to come okay so Mm, yeah, that's a, this is a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, we'll have to have therapy sessions later after the stretch <laughs> sesh. <laughs> I'll teach you. I'll teach you how to eliminate those people from your life because it's actually like sucking the energy out of you, and you don't. Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to. Yeah. I was going to ask you. I'm like, what would be what would be the better situation for you? Tell her you hurt her feelings, and you never have to listen to it again because she decided I don't want to be friends with you, or you got to continuously listen to it, lie about it, and just go on like that like, i know that i torture one? myself i i'm very self-aware you do it do what? you you tell her tell her what <laughs> i'm stoned i don't know what you're talking oh about. jesus <laughs> well if you're that stone then we need to let these two ladies go back to their normal life yeah as if it's almost 11 o'clock That's i can't crazy. believe it it's ridiculous well we did start really late because of my children i'm terribly sorry ladies this was a little bit oh. later than we expected. No, no, no. It's fine. No worries. I loved it. Thank you so much for asking me to come on to this episode. This yeah, was, was so great. fun. Yeah, I was. I, you know what? Because Krista, when you came on our podcast, it was just a quick like promo for your podcast. So you and I ever actually never got to talk. So that was, was before we even knew what the hell we were doing. That's too. true. But <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. She came on for what, like a fifteen minute, like, yeah. hey, I'm Krista, and I'm going to be starting a podcast, and this is my thing, and that was about it. So we didn't really get to get to know you. I know. And now you guys get to be on my podcast. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, I'm excited. That's exciting. Well, Sue's been on ours now, number two, and we've been on hers. So, you know, we're we're all making the rounds. Right on. Tracy. I dig it. I dig it. This was fun. Thanks for thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, maybe no. maybe Thank this has you. to happen uh, every year. <laughs> yeah, once a year we'll have a podcast. We'll have, the, reunion. we'll have the reunion. That's awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Right on, guys. This has been fun. You guys have been listening to two massage there. <sighs> There's more than two of us. <laughs> Change the name. You guys have been listening to four massage therapists in a microphone. Woohoo. Hey, 